0: I'd like to take take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show, and rates them on a scale from 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot makes great deals, yellow dot good deals, and red dot not so good deals. Use our promo code ACAA to check out to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers with the same on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. Seeking Life's an event. We have the tickets. Hey, guys. It's Wad here. It's here with another Panther Rants podcast. Happy Monday to you guys after Easter. I'm off today, and I'm... For me, it was a my family was here for four days from Thursday on, and um, it was pretty fun. You know, I mean, kids had their birthdays all this past week. You know, my oldest had his one on, on Wednesday, and then you know they came down the next day. And so you know, Thursday obviously when your family is traveling. It's going to be a chill kind of day, which it was. And then Friday, we, you know, we take them out running around. And Saturday, we did we did like a crocodile adventure like we did last time with a petting zoo. And um, Sunday, Easter, we went to another petting zoo. And, uh, you know, it was fun. I mean, kids love that stuff. I mean, they get to pet the animals. What's cool about this petting zoo we're at, this is a really big playground. So the kids got to run around. It wasn't just looking at animals. There's train rides, plenty of other stuff to do. And of course, you know, you have to, you have your Sunday dinner, which you know. <clears throat> for us, you know, my, my they let my oldest kid pick, so he picks Olive Garden. And, you know, I'm not too crazy about Olive Garden, but I will say that their salad, I don't know what the hell it is with their salad, it's just freaking good. I mean, because we used to get Carrabba's on. My parents used to come down, every Sunday we'd get carabas. Carrabba's food isn't bad, but their salad is, like, bland. There's, like, no flavor, no nothing. Even the dressing is bland. All it is is just, like, lettuce, tomato, and dressing. Whereas Olive Garden, you're getting some onion, you're getting some peppers, olives if you like that. And you get actually more dressing than than you do with carabas. It's like you know, it's like for some reason the salad carabas is just that you get for especially for takeout is just dry. You know, as much as we get to as, as much as we get to a snobby, you know, type of thing towards olive garden. Kids love it. So, at least my kids do. So, a lot of times it works out. I will say that the worst experience we had eating wise this weekend was Applebee's, and my family, you know, they're given that you're down in Houston, where you got like barbecue, Mexican food, all kind of different cuisines, different places you can try food wise. My family, obviously being old school, they go with they like Denny's or Applebee's. Although we did do a burger joint this time, we did, we did Beck's Prime, where you have to order, you know, and they wait for you know for you to call your name. My, my parents love the, <clears throat> they love to the sit up; they love to the be at places where they just were able, where are able to sit down, and you know, the waitress takes their order and things like that. Whereas, like especially when you try on shoes and stuff like that. Obviously, the salesperson's helping you with the shoes and things. The last shoe stores you go to, you don't get that. They just hand you the shoes and you just freaking put them on, and they expect you to you know you know determine if they fit or not. But Applebee's, it just was a disappointment. For one thing, the service there always sucks. It's not so much the millennials are killing Applebee's. It's not. It's because because, one, the service blows. And, two, the food just isn't good. I mean, my son and I, you know, my son loves macaroni and cheese. And we ordered the four-cheese macaroni that they had that's sprinkled with bacon. So that's what, ca- that's, that's what captiv- captivated our attention was that. When we, when we got our plate, it was basically – some pieces of panay with cheese sauce and a little bit, a little bit of, little bit of shredded, shredded sprinkled on them, and some bacon. I mean, it was absolutely garbage. The food itself just wasn't worth it. It just, you know, when you when you go to restaurants like this, your your food has to be the bang for your buck. I think with Applebee's, it's they're more of a type of, I would say, burger, maybe some sometimes ribs type of place, but you can go freaking anywhere and get burgers or ribs. I mean, than Applebee's. Oh, well. Anyways, guys. Obviously, there's been some, uh, in the realm of pit uh, pit athletics, uh, there's been some changes in the staff. And actually, there was another staff change. Um, Alan Saunders of uh, PGA Sports now. This is his article he he put out not too long ago. Uh, Paris Johnson Senior has resigned, according to a report from Football Scoop. He was a pit for just barely a, a year. He worked with Narduzzi previously, and so that's another. It's just another. It's just another. Um, another thing of uh, staff turnovers, with with Narduzzi I mean I think he's gone through more staff members than anything else what's crazy about this time around it's not so much coaches well I mean he did have to replace Sean Watson for one thing but he's you know he's lost his he lost the director of football operations director of recruiting creative media director diet the sports dietitian the grad assistants quality control coaches I mean Pitt's replaced a lot of those positions but still I mean it's just I think I think I think he's had more turnover than Donald Trump has in this with this presidency. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much really only a significant thing. Yeah, you know, I looked at you know baseball and softball this year, and baseball's not doing too good near a softball this time around. Of course, softball lost her you know lost her coaches from from previous year. We got the NFL draft coming up. That's on Thursday. And I looked over that as well. Well, I think it's Wednesday. It's either Thursday or Wednesday, one of the two. Yeah, it's this Thursday. Now, what's crazy about this is I tweeted out an article about uh, Rafael Raja Lopez. And basically, they have him. Projected now as a late round pick, possibly a free agent, and if you go on the, um, like say like the NFL.com and things like that, where they do all the draft profiles, there's only one player that they have that they have from Pitt that's profiled, and that's Quadri Olison. and he's projected to go either later or undrafted or, or undrafted free agent. There's no, there's nothing really on Darren Hall, Dwayne Hendricks. There's you know there's nothing, so I mean, as far as the um if you're expecting player, pip players to get drafted, it's hard to say I mean I'm sure with the I'm sure there's so many players coming out of college that they can't profile everybody, but it just to me it just kind of, it kind of shocks me that there's not enough pip players to you know they were profiled. so as far as the draft goes I wouldn't have too <laughs> high expectations of pit players getting drafted but then again the guys who do the um who do a lot of scaling they can be wrong at times they're not perfect I mean hell Gil Brandt has a Duke player supposedly <laughs> he, he's con- he's liking him to Peyton Manning for whatever reason and we've, I've watched him play I you know Obviously, he has a lot of potential, but I just don't see Paint Manning in him. I mean, Brant also said that Tom Savage was going to be like Troy Aikman. And he had him as a top 40 pick. And of course, you know, we all, you know, as being Pitt fans like myself, we I jumped on that. And of course, you know, Tom Savage did finally get his chance, and, well, he he barely lasted a game. Actually, I think he was, pulled at, he was pulled at halftime, I think, for uh, Deshaun Watson. I don't know what happened with Tom Savage, to be honest with you. I mean, he always, time, up until his injuries, he would always light up in preseason. And, you know, before he was named the starter, he got the starting job, and he seemed to do well at times. He couldn't, it, it seemed like they had a hard time getting the end zone with him. You know, he didn't, I don't think he threw any touchdown passes when he played. He put up some numbers, though, but I think uh, he got hurt. And he just, I guess, I think I hurt in the playoffs and just never came back. But the thing with Tom Savage was when he came, when he started that game, he looked like the same player that he was when he first Got in the league. It looked like he was just playing his first game. It just seemed like he didn't really progress as we thought he would. No, I mean, I mean, for one thing, the Texans gave him all the tools, all the all the work to to do it. It just didn't pan out. And given how bad that offensive line was, they were gonna need somebody. I mean, I mean, if you watch the Watson Watson, Tom Savage, it was night and day. You knew this Deshaun Watson was going to be the future when he you, when you, he stepped on the field. I mean, preseason I remember before that season again. I saw Watson, Watson come on the field, and it seemed like he was already already ready to play. I mean, he just had a, he just came in there with a lot of confidence, and they were putting up points with him, and he was looking really good. And he got hurt, and that was that. But. uh they came back this year. They went. They went to the playoffs. They won eleven games out of nowhere. But you know, things fell apart towards the end. Now let's get to some more stuff here. Alexander Ovechkin obviously last week got into a got into a hockey fight with a nineteen year old rookie. And. The national media jumped on this. Some people did in the national media over the fight with their hot takes about how Obie would be in jail if he did this kind of thing. And, of course, Clay Travis jumped on it as well. And he called it a bad look for the for the NHL. I don't know. I think what this type of thing was, these guys were not the Bengals. Which one of them challenged each other to fight? And The thing about hockey is there's always been fights, and the thing is the the thing that irks me about the national media is they don't really pay attention to hockey a whole lot. They seem to only pay attention to it when this stuff happens. They don't, you know, they don't, they don't pay attention to what the star players are doing. It's just if a if a, if a nasty fight or some of this or nasty hit then people want to come in they want to change things. I mean, hockey has been the way it was and pretty much they policed themselves. And just leave it alone. You know, sweeping <laughs> changes don't need to be made in hockey. One thing they did do was that was sweeping was open the game up a little more, which is what needed to happen. But I think the NHL product has been good as it's ever been. It's gotten a lot better. I mean, for me, when I watched it, grew up as a kid, I think the peak years were probably the early ninety, early to mid nineties. Especially the especially the nine the nine two season was like a really awesome season because there were a bunch of hundred goal scores, not 100, I mean, not hundred goal, hundred point scores. And just a lot of people were scoring. And there was a lot of fun teams. I mean, one night you'd, you'd flip it on. You'd have the Canucks and the Sabres. You'd see Alexander McGillney going up against Pavel Berry. I mean, and of course also in that team you had like, on McGillney's team you had Pat LaFontaine. You had uh, Dale Howard-Chuck. Of course, you know, Maple Leafs, you had Doug Gilmore, Borschewski. I mean, there was just so many so many good teams. Of course you had, of course the Penguins, Lemieux, Yager. And of course, you know, Rangers. I mean it's just it was a it was a smorgasbord of really good really good teams, and good players. I mean there was plenty to choose from. Yeah, you had because you had that, and then of course towards the mid nineties you had the Legion of Doom, you know, with the Flyers. And of course you always had you always had the yeah the, the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, basically what happened there was Philly traded for Eric Lindros and pretty much gave away gave some really good prospects to them, and that Avalanche team was loaded with with good with with good players. But uh, yeah, as, it, as things creeped to like the late 90s, early 2000s, when things started to really slide. And obstruction was one thing, you know, you had, you had the dead puck era. But I think it was more that a lot of the best players that we, were, what we grew up watching were aging. And you know, we really didn't have that next generation of guys that that could eclipse that. It was like we had a whole group of these. It's like maybe they um, made an impact, but they really didn't capture the. They didn't capture um, you know, the you know the the attention of, I guess, the common fan like they did, like the like the previous group did. But, uh, you know, uh, the product now is getting a lot better. I think, and plus, you know, they did have the strike as well. Things just, you know, and it, it, things really slid for the NHL. I mean, I mean, rings dipped. And, of course, ESPN, who covered them for so long and carried their games, decides they don't want to carry them no more. So the NHL really didn't have any... Um, any way to really show their games? I mean, they have the you know, you know, they have root, and they you know, they have. I'm sure um, CBS, you know, sports carry some games, but it just wasn't what it was. It just you don't see it as much anymore. But anyways, as far as the fire between, between with with these two players. Really, it's between them and nothing else. I mean, it's it's coming, going, but I just think for people to get all revved up about it, it's, just, it's ridiculous. Now we got the NBA playoffs. You know, obviously we got the first round still going on. Boston swept Indiana, which shocked the hell out of me because I thought Indiana would give them more more of a more of a fight. I know that the um, Indiana lost. Old for the season, but they were still a pretty pretty competitive team without him. But uh, Kyrie, you know, he turned it up a notch, and he's got them in the second round already. And they're going to face the winner of uh, Milwaukee Detroit, and so it looks, it's look it's look like it's going to be Milwaukee. You know, Blake came back, but still. Detroit just doesn't have it. And, you know, Milwaukee obviously passes their first test, but now their big test is going to be playing against Boston if they can get past them. It's just the playoffs, no matter what league you're in, it's a, different, it's a different type of speed, different type of game than regular season. Looking down the list here, on the East, Philadelphia's beating Brooklyn three games to one. I, you know, initially I thought this game wasn't this this series may go seven, but Philadelphia's recovered pretty good. I think losing the I think you know losing game one was kind of a wake up call for them, and they've picked it up since. Toronto and Orlando. It looks like the Raptors are going to close out that series. If you guys remember, in Game One, Orlando won on the last second three pointer, and of course Kyle Lowry had a chance to tie it, and he was a subject of memes and whatnot, gifts, memes, everything on social media. And what happened was, well, I didn't want to get too excited about because it, it was just Game One, but Toronto recovered and won the next three, and that's Game One's a distant memory, so. We're looking at a Philly-Toronto series, and that should be pretty exciting. Look at the West. I said in the last podcast, Denver and San Antonio could go seven games, and it's looking like it so far. The series is tied 2-2 two to two right now. I don't know. It's hard to say how this final three games comes out. I think, the, I think, <clears throat> I think it's going to become more of a chess match. It kind of reminds me of how San Antonio and Miami was in that first championship series they played. It was a chess match between Pop and Spolstra. But by Game Seven, both guys ran out of moves, and they had to let their talent determine who was going to win that series. Pop had the series won, but for some reason, Ray Allen <laughs> got the game in overtime, and that was it. Once, once they, you know, once the. Um, once the Heat put the, once the Heat put them into Game Seven, that was it. They were out. You know, both guys were at chess moves. In the end, talent determined that, and it was the Heat. So I think you know in this case here, I think Denver will eventually, unless Denver has a complete meltdown, they should probably win. I think they'll win this series, but it's going to be either six or, it's looking like six or seven games now, Six the minimum, seven at the max. But they need to wake up because they need to realize this is the playoffs. And <clears throat> they're going to run out of games here pretty soon. <clears throat> Portland and OKC. Portland took a three-game series one the last night over OKC. Um, it was closer to the half, kind of. But then Dame and company just poured it on. You know, it was funny because... O K C won game three and of course people were were starting to hype Russell Westbrook after that game and oh it's a Damon what Westbrook series hand blue's the next game and I, I'm kinda of disappointed in O K C because I felt that um you know, I felt they could go they could make a deeper run in this with the talent they have. I mean with Westbrook Paul and Steve Adams. I just felt they could have, you know, at least got in the first round, but doesn't look like it now. And as we look at the rest of the West Western Conference, Gold State's obviously gonna close their series against the Clippers. You know, I think once pimp Beverly got them revved up and pissed off, they decided just to beat the crap out of them and that was that. Uh Houston, Utah. Houston's on the verge of sweeping the Jazz. Jazz don't really have a bad team. It's just they they just had the unfortunate part of being matched up with the Rockets. The Rockets are obviously gonna be, are going to be set to play Golden State for the for the um tenth consecutive year. What well, no, they? They, let's see, they played them last year, but the year before they didn't play them, they ended up with the Spurs. But the year before that, when he went 41-41, they played Golden State in the first round and lost in five games. And then the year before that, I think they lost in five games. And I think they were I think they a two-seed at that, at that point. And that, that was the team with Dwight Howard and James Harden. And then after that, things just fell apart for the Rockets. I mean, they still made the playoffs, but they parted with Dwight. And then they turned, They really turned it up, you know, the, the, year, the next year. But um, they came up short. And then, obviously, last year they bring in Chris Paul. And things it, it, Things were good for them up until Game 6 against the Warriors where he got hurt, he got hurt late. And they just uh, – well, actually, Game 5, I'm sorry. And they just couldn't close it out. And now they got – they get the face Golden State again. And they and they've had some success against Golden State this year. I mean, there was a game early in the year where they f- played without James Harden. It was just Chris Paul and whoever, and they destroyed the, the Warriors. And it's because the reason why is they they stuck to their game. They ain't tried out gun Golden State. They decided to go inside on them. And they, they obliterated them, and I think what the Rockets need to do when they get when they face Golden State is, you know, Boogie's out, that element's gone, so it's practically the same team as you as, as you faced last year. You really don't need to outgun these guys, and who can shoot more three pointers? You got to go inside and get the twos, get the get the lay-ins. I think you know, Houston has a chance, but until they actually. Win, I can't say that they're <laughs> they're gonna win. But anyways, guys, I'm gonna wrap it up here. I'm gonna let you have the rest of your Monday. Hope you guys are recovering. Held a pit. Bye. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, when, who you're betting on is the point of who you're betting with. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They're your best bet this season. Enter promoco promo code Panther25 to activate your offer. And you can claim for $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. Go to my bookie today, that's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code PANTHER25.